0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit Radio Network.org for thousands more. We talk about food, we talk about
2: music, with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
3: Go on, tell them you knew me When I put my head through the wall And all the awful things that I'd say
2: The dying animals
3: It's not long before But more than a decade More than ten years ago When I wake at night And the sky be red Dying all of the way But soon, no, it became Much later in time, the hole in the wall remains, but gone is the one oh my, and I never wake at night at all. But I lay. until more
4: Hey, this is Darren Bresnitz, one half of Snacky Tunes, coming to you live from LA with Chef Johnny Zone of Helen Ray's Hot Chicken. Welcome to Snacky Tunes.
1: Thank you, good to be here.
4: Um, I first heard about your truck from my good buddy Kong Fon.
1: Yeah, Kong's a great guy.
4: Kong's bow down to Kong, legendary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, my fiance Anna and I had gone to Nashville earlier this year. And we had gone. I I took her straight from the airport to Prince's.
1: Yeah, that's that's really that's a smart decision. That's one of the first things, definitely, you know, to share with people because it's, it's such a magical place. It is. I
4: loved. Uh, I love it's Like we don't put your chicken in the fryer till we put your money in the cash register.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: Because I have to imagine they have people who've been going there for thirty years. Yeah, and they're like, come on, just just fry it up for me, and they're like, you know the rules. Yeah. Um, So, for people who don't know what hot chicken is, which is sort of going to be what the basis we're talking about today, what is hot chicken?
1: Well, so, like, Nashville hot chicken was a dish that kind of, like, originated in the 1930s from that same family that, um, the restaurant Prince's, um, and it was kind of like a revenge dish. So, like, it was, it was this, (laughs) this wife kind of getting back at, um, a husband, um, Folder, Flandering, philandering. Philandering, yep, exactly. And, and kind of coming home smelling like other women or something like that. And she just wanted to rip them up, burn them up, you know. From uh, top to bottom. Yeah, exactly. Well, two-day process, you know, going in and going out. Yeah. You know? uh, so um, she serves him some fried chicken that was just loaded with, you know, all, all the spicy stuff basically I think she had in the pantry. And um, the reverse actually, he actually ended up liking it. A lot. And so... That's some some unintended positive reinforcement. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because, I mean, a lot of things in life can, you know, happen like that where it's like it's not at all intentional that it's going to become this, like, staple dish.
4: I feel like all those classic food stories, um, like the hot brown or chicken wings or things like that, are all from these, you know, these moments of either what are we going to do or we're just going to try something just because we're in a pinch.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, isn't there a saying something about uh ingenuity or something when when you like when your resources are very limited oh, yeah. like, like and and you ingenuity is the spice of life i think that's yeah. I think that's yeah. what it is. and so like i'm sure there's like tons of dishes that like you know it, it's just, like like Coca Vaughan, for example you know it, it, it they had roosters these tough ass chickens oh, yeah. right and they're like how are we going to break it down so wine would break down the chicken and they braise it for a long time um and so it kind of a dish a famous dish got created from just you know uh, I don't know basics you know and her basic goal in that time was to burn the hell out of them to rip know? it up. yeah.
4: And you were down in Nashville, you're doing a stage over
1: at Husk. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful spot. yeah, it's amazing. They're, they're you know techniques and systems and stuff it, it just kind of blew my mind. That's why I wanted to go out there. I specifically flew out there like I saved up some money from working at another restaurant that I was at. And, Do you want to shout it out or is it uh... Yeah, sure. No, I was working at uh, La Bell I was okay. running that restaurant for about four years. Uh, generated a huge kind of, you know, re- revitalizing that restaurant. Sure. You know what I mean? A little bit. And putting some proper systems in that. and um, So, went over to Husk and wanted to just really study their charcuterie, uh, how they, their relationships with their farmers, how their deliveries works. Look at their grain program. They, they use like a, an amazing uh, program with Anson Mills um, where they get like amazing cowpeas, amazing beans, heirloom beans, like it's just mind blowing. You know, there was one delivery guy who, he had white hair all the way down to like his, I don't know, ankles and then he didn't wear shoes. And he would walk into the the walk-in with no shoes and deliver, you know. It it was a farmer, you know. He was just (laughs) delivering his beans or something. It was super cool.
4: Now, for those types of things, because everyone always talks about it's all about the relationships, who you know, the no-shoed farmer, things like that. But do you find it's also really about the systems in place to allow for those relationships? Because no one really
1: talks about the systems that you have in a restaurant to make sure everything flows smoothly. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a great... Point. I I, I think that, um, one, I mean, you can't like, you can't take something shitty, uh, and, and and make it really good. Mm -hmm. So it it definitely does start with the ingredients. Like, so if you have like a crappy, you know, commodity based chicken, you know, that's pumped with water and the water has like a 2% brine, like salt solution to it. Yeah, it can be moist and juicy. But, like, after you eat it, you're just going to have, like, a, a finish on your palate that's, like, corn or, like, just weird kind of... Maybe a little, like, chemically. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, the systems, you know, those, those are really, really important to running a restaurant, making a restaurant profitable. And being able to use, because these higher, you know, cost products uh, that, that have a higher quality, um, you don't want to mess them up. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. don't want to, like fuck it up and burn the whole batch, no. you know, because that's, you know, $40 worth of beans or something like that. So the systems are, are equally important. I mean, I, Thomas Keller has a thing about uh, talking about execution. Like, cooking is essentially execution uh, like and technique and then sourcing. Your right. ingredients. You know what I mean? And they're they're equally important, you know. Um, putting a stress on the sourcing, I think, right now is, is – it's just really becoming very important to a lot of people. Right. But no
4: one ever – it's never like – You don't hear about farm to table. It's never like system to table. It's not as sexy. Yeah. So you're down, you're at Husk, you're doing your stodge, And then at what point, did you know about hot chicken before you got to Nashville? Or had you, or was it that someone's like, we're going to, we got off our ship. We're going to take you somewhere. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I had no clue what it was. You know, I did see, uh, I think there was an episode on like my name is chef where Sean Brock goes and eats. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did see that. Um, But other than that little like, you know, segment. Uh, wasn't really aware of it and the beauty of it, you know. Um, one of the chefs uh, took me to Prince's and it just it flipped my switch, man. I was, yeah. you know, like I was I was contemplating working in Nashville. I was contemplating working in San Francisco, in New York. There was a few job opportunities that I had, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it flipped me so bad that I'm like, you know, LA has nothing like this. What was the place that they took you to? Prince's. Prince's. Yeah. It's it's. It's unlike anything else. Yeah, but then I got I got further into it. Then I decided uh, after my stagia, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm, going, I'm booking a flight again to Nashville. No money involved. Like it's just straight up. Like I'm making yeah. no money. You know what I mean? Going out there and doing a stodge. Yeah. It's not paid, and then going out there and eating. Hot chicken three to four times a day, not paid. You know what I mean? I was just taking how the gamble. Was,
4: uh, how was the whole? Body? Oh man,
1: I, I have a, a joke with people that um, my creamer, my coffee was Pepto Bismol. Oh my god! Every morning. I mean, yeah, that
4: morning, yeah, the morning after is rough. Yeah. So hold on, I want to go back to that moment when you when you had the hot chicken, and you're back at wherever you're sleeping. Like what's going on in your mind? Yeah. Like, are you? Is it like thinking about like a girl that you just met at a bar? Like, it, like what? Like, what is your mindset?
1: When, when I'm eat, well, I mean, during the, the, the first, initial the first time, the first yeah. bite, you know, that first bite when you look at it, it's, and that's a huge thing. What, how we're doing it too at Helen Raises. Is it's like it's it, you look at it and it looks so humble. It's a piece of white bread with with fried chicken on it and pickles on top. It's so simple, right? And so you look at it and it's like this humble dish and you don't really expect too much from it you know so that's that was another reason why we started as a food truck because you look at it it's a food truck and you're not going to expect too much out of it you know what i mean you're not going to expect like a like a high quality dish coming out of it you know and that's a big reason why we want to start with a food truck because it embodies kind of the dish um so looking at it really super humble and um didn't know what to expect. I was, I was kind of like, oh, okay, I, you know, it's just some fried chicken, right. some pickles, so maybe it's a little spicy. But you bite into it, This the skin's super crispy. So crispy. And, and, like and, shattered glass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that has to do with the cook time on it because you cook them in quarters. So mm-hmm. most people associate fried chicken because of like KFC and all these other, you know, conglomerates uh, with pieces. So thigh, drumstick, yeah. breast, wing, etc. And they're like, I'll take two, three pieces. But this dish, it's cooked in quarters, you know, down to the origination yeah. of it. And the breast is on the backbone. The thigh has the backbone still right. on it, you know. So you cook it longer at a lower temperature, and it's exactly shattered glass. You
4: know? Yeah. And then you fin- do you recook it to finish it off? No, you
1: don't. You don't recook it. You apply a oil based sauce that's generally uh, most people go like three parts cayenne, one part dark brown sugar, and a few other things. Um, and then oil to toast it, and, and you kind of form a paste, uh, and you finish the chicken with that paste. Some people brush it, some people spoon it, some people baste it. What do you do? I, I do like a kind of combo method on it, and then I finish it with a little shake. I'm awesome. Um,
4: all right, well, we're going to take a quick musical break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the truck and truck-first restaurants and all that type of stuff. Uh, this is Darren with Johnny Zone of and Ray's here on Stacky Tunes. With Johnny's own Helen Ray's Hot Chicken, L.A.'s only hot chicken truck, only hot chicken restaurant?
1: Yeah, so L.A.'s only hot chicken focused. Like, that's what we do. Right. That's all we do. That's all you, you, know you do. Know what I mean, we, we cook hot chicken and we serve it, you know, different heat levels, etc. You know, there's fried chicken spots that may have a spin on it. Right. Um, but, yeah, we're the focused, the only focused
4: hot chicken so you're in Nashville you're going back and forth you're wrecking your stomach eating hot chicken four times a day and at what how early on at what point were you like I'm gonna go back and open up a hot chicken restaurant or truck
1: yeah so I decided that probably like nine months ten months ago before that or now maybe a year ago now yeah. um, but I decided you know I've always had a, a dream of having like that little burger shack by the car wash. Love it. I, like, I want to be, like, I always want to be, like, this, this chef guy that's, like, you know, from fine dining and stuff, but he's just on a short order grill, you know, cooking, slinging burgers. If you know? I,
4: my dream, even though I have no real culinary skills, would to be, like, the diner, like, 12 top?
1: Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. With, like, the, the flat top grill. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. just like, breakfast and lunch. Exactly. And something simple. People, people can relate to it. Yeah. You know, there's no issues with, uh... I, I just you know it, it, it's just really good honest food that's relatable and that's definitely something about fried chicken you know every culture has their variation on fried chicken mm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean it's yeah. like everybody knows fried chicken everyone does yeah yeah
4: I mean there's nothing wrong with frying stuff in oil yeah so why food truck versus brick and mortar because you come from the brick and mortar world yeah uh, why why the truck
1: we want well so introducing a dish to Los Angeles mm-hmm. was very. It was scary because this dish is rich, you know, right. it's it's full of like heat, mm-hmm. you know, it's very spicy and it has gluten, you know, so it's like, you know. <laughs> no, if, I laugh, but you're you're absolutely right, you're absolutely right. You, so many people, you know, do you have any gluten-free fried chicken, stuff like that. I'd be compromising the integrity of the dish by doing a, Yeah. A, I mean, when, wouldn't you be like, who, who is this guy? Oh, he's doing gluten-free... Nashville hot chicken. And go, weird, I never go. I don't
4: know things.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know things. Yeah, it's got. To, I mean, trust me. Like the effects on gluten, like I feel it sometimes. It, yeah. it weighs you down. It's no, true. true. Those things are true. You know, but in moderation, you know, it's not like it's not going to destroy you. But some people, they're they're sensitive to it, you know, and they they're allergic or whatnot, you know. But starting the food truck, we wanted to study the demographics of L.A. What areas respond best yeah. to not only fried chicken because this is fried chicken. But also, spicy, you know, so Nashville hot chicken. Which which areas of L.A. have the best response? Second, um, introduce it and start building a following. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we... Like on Instagram and and Twitter and all that, you know, there's opportunities for like, you could like buy followers and stuff like that, and and you can go straight up to like 10,000. Like, there's some trucks like they have like 20,000 followers, and like nobody's favoriting or nobody's replying. Yeah, nobody's going. Yeah. If there's no engagement, you know what I mean? So, what we we wanted to do is do a real grassroots start. We like very minimal, no publicist. my, My wife doing all the emails. Yeah and um helping with cashier now but now i got my brother coming in which he's going to be a heavy hitter heavy heavy hitter, heavy hitter oh man yeah yeah he's yeah this i'm super excited for this next week he starts october 7th and uh so it truly is like literally family business brother and cashier you know chef cooking and then wife running everything on the front um so we wanted to do an intro you know, and we wanted to study where, where it's gonna if we when we're gonna open the brick and mortar where it's gonna be. You know, uh, yeah. because that's one of the biggest um, faults in restaurants is the real estate. You know, like where where they decide to open. You know,
4: and you thought that this would work by being mobile. I mean, there are different people who succeed at food trucks don't necessarily succeed
1: at brick and mortars, and vice versa. Definitely, there's several examples in, in the past, like year or so. You know, there's there's restaurants that open that were food truck kind of concepts, but then they're not doing so well in brick and mortar setting. It's a different animal, you know. Like I'm, I in the beginning, I was struggling with the food truck. I mean, I yeah. was like, I was like, man, I want to, I just want to get back in a restaurant, yeah. and and have my guys and have. You know, the system's in place and everything like that. Well, I mean, it's different. I mean, to go back about systems, like I imagine it's a totally different system
4: and setup than what you were even learning at Husk and things like
1: that. Yeah, completely. And you can't – it's like to uphold those same standards in a food truck, that's the difficulty. If I didn't have those standards, it would be easy. Like, no problem. You know what I mean? But having those standards on things, you're like – One batch of something is overseasoned, right? Like, like say you make a collard greens dish and it's overseasoned. You don't find out till like I don't know, forty miles in Playa Uh, del Rey or something. What what are you going to do? You know what I mean? You got to serve it. Well, no, you can't serve. You say you run out because it's not up to code. You know, it's not not, code. It's not not, not up to standards. You know what I mean? Like, as a chef, you never want to serve something that you know is not right. Like, for example, you know. Hot shake. Okay. Yeah. Different cayennes, different types of cayenne, uh, depending on its its age, will be hotter or, okay. or less hot. So, like a younger pepper uh, can be hotter than, than a more mature pepper. You know what I mean? Right. And so... Um, the variance on cayenne is is very interesting because I'll get a batch sent to me one week and it's like it's like I don't know seven out of ten. Right. Then next week it's like an eight out of ten. Right, and it, it really fluctuates. You know, because we're using a higher quality product. Right. in terms of our, our peppers and spices. So as a taste tester,
4: like, have you been able to like look at it, see it, smell it, and be like? Okay, I know how to adjust the recipe or this batch.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we we gram it out essentially. So okay. so our 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 recipes are grammed out down to you know grams. Um. So so that helps with things. But then when there's the fluk, you know that, that, that one batch yeah. that's a little spicier. It's like shit. You know, like you gotta you gotta hustle to to make it happen. Right. You know what I mean? And then correct it and then change it. It's just on a food truck. It's like there's so many moving parts. Right. And you can get screwed real quick, real fast. Imagine your fryer goes down. You're about to do like a $5,000 event for like high profile musicians. Right. And your fryer's down. What do you do? And you you serve fried chicken. I don't know. What do you do in that situation? I kick the shit out of it and then Mm -hmm. hope it's going to work. And then luckily what I did with the food truck is I lease it. Right. So I, I didn't buy it. Um, so by leasing it, I have a on-call mechanic. Oh, that's great. And he's funny. He's, his name's like Chalon, which right. in, in Spanish I think means like helper. Like that's what he told me his name is. He doesn't tell me his real name, you know, and he's no, like no. covered in grease all the time. Fair you know? enough. He drives, uh, to the location. Usually it usually takes him like an hour to two hours to get there, but, um, it's nice having that lifeline. It is very nice to know yeah. that
4: if you go down, you are not surrounded. Yeah. Now you've been up and running for a while now. What has the response been and the organic growth? Of uh, of hot chicken, like
1: how has LA responded to it? Definitely, I mean, a huge part of our, our fan base, I'm, which I was really surprised by, is Nashvillians mm. and and people from like Alabama, people sure. from Texas, people from the South, you know, or, or even Midwest or kind of yeah. area, you know, like they just want that Southern vibe, and these Saturdays and Sundays. You know, that we're doing, like, people are, like, doing picnics. They're bringing, like, gallons of tea, which I'm sure there's, like, little bourbon in. Of course, Just a little bourbon? Yeah, or, or a lot. It's, like, yeah. half, half, yeah. Half and half, yeah. yeah. and they bring it, but it's in a tea bottle, so you never know. Yeah, of course. No one and knows. And it's the sweetest old ladies exactly. who's drinking
4: bourbon, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So they'll bring their tea. They'll, they'll, you know, have a whole spread of all this fried chicken, all these sides, and it's just super cool. And looking at it, you know, it, it's, I think... There's not a lot of, like, southern restaurants that have that southern feel which it's just very homey. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it, it's not, like, the craft, you know, uh, vintage light bulbs, no. you know, like, things like that. It's not going to be, like, you know, higher end. Just just homey, you know? Yeah. Very family-run and, and stuff like that. So, we get a lot of families, and, and the response has been great. The amount of regulars is, I mean... Big shout-out to all my regulars. Shout-out to you the know. regulars. Oh, my God, man. They're, like, so Towards supportive. your heart, right?
4: Yeah. Don't you love that relationship where, I mean, especially when you're making – I don't want to say niche, but it's very, like, specific, pouring your love into this and people who are just, like, thank you. Like, I have been – I will come in, I will come out because, like, I know what it takes to do this and no one else is doing it this yeah.
1: way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And even to, to reciprocate it. So they come up and we already got their order ready yeah. because we know exactly what they want, what spice level – uh, What, what, you know, side or, or how, like there's one guy, Edwin, he, he gets a chicken sandwich, um, medium, just bread, you know what I mean? Bread and chicken. That's all he wants. You know, that, that, that does it for him. And that's, that's, I had it the other day. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Like this is, now this he's is called crumpty. the
4: Edwin, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's nice to have that type of, uh, regularity. Like you would find like in a brick and mortar, but yeah. having that like, okay, I know the order I know what they want, they're coming up and things like that. yeah. Um, I want to make sure we have time for one more question. You said earlier about the beauty of hot chicken. Why do you think it's a
1: beautiful thing? Definitely. This this will probably be like an hour long answer. It's okay. but, uh, so So for me, the beauty of it is its relatability between all these different cultures, right? So like you can get it mild. You can get it, you know, like less hot. And it's just like some of the best fried chicken that you've had in your life. I mean, that's one common thing that a lot of people say to us and it's, we're super humbled by that, you know, because there's a lot of great fried chicken in L.A. So uh, the relatability is, is one thing. But why I specifically fell in love with it was the the heat, you know, really opened up my palate. But it gave me a different sensation than just like, mm, this is really well seasoned. This is – as a chef, you have all these different textures, all these different, you know – You look at different things when you're putting together a plate. You look at acid, you look at salt, you look at texture, you look at temperature, you know, you look at the visual, you know, inspiration on it. How is it going to carry over? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, this dish was like a perfect dish, you know, like it, it, it had the heat, it had the little saltiness. The pickles on top, the vinegar yeah. from those cut through the heat, Yeah, the bread sops up that magical sauce, you know what I mean, and kind of helps, you know, act like a sponge in your stomach. A little bit. So it's not just the stomach taking it, all the punishment. Yeah, exactly. It goes to the bread a little bit. Um, and then just the chicken, you know, it, it has so much integrity on it. There's a restaurant in uh, Nashville called 400 Degrees, Aki, she kills it, and she yeah. cooks all her chicken to order. This chicken takes 15 to 20 minutes to cook. Right. So her business, you know what I mean, is cooking chicken to order 15 to 20 minutes. And people are so great people love it, you know. And it's so funny because on Facebook, there's a fraternal order of hot chicken. Hmm. And now we're getting some play on there, so it's okay. really cool. Um, but they're all just these hot chicken fanatics commenting on it and, and like, oh, I had it here today. It was a little too spicy or it wasn't oh, spicy enough. You know, like things like that. Um, but it's just, it's just a really magical dish. You know, when I had it, I was like, this is a perfect dish. It's got, it, it, it hits all the levels that I need to hit. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. Where can people find you online? Definitely. Yeah. Instagram and Twitter are going to be a big driving force or our website. We post our locations by the week. Most of the time we're at uh, steady places. Like, so like, you know, every week we'll, we'll hit Wednesdays, a certain area and every Wednesday we'll hit that area. And yeah. then if we do do a major change, uh, we will announce it like so, a week in advance. So people know about. we have
4: their chicken. Yeah.
1: It's not like your typical food service. It's just like we're here, 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 here. And it changes all the time. We're really trying to develop a following and, uh, you know, just bring it bring it to the people of LA. That's awesome. So it's all Helen Ray's. Yeah. Instagram.com slash Helen
4: Ray's. Yeah, Twitter, exactly. Like Super easy. Um, well, awesome. Thank you, people of Los Angeles. Thank you for bringing this dish all the yeah. way from Nashville. And the
1: support, you know, for it wouldn't we wouldn't be keep going if you know without the people. Yeah, man, without the people eating it. You know? um,
4: all right, well, thank you so much. We got another uh, track coming up, and then we got uh, our band in the studio uh, here on Snacky Tunes. Wow. Big shout out to Howling Ray guys, Uh, they just parked the truck for the last time and we'll be getting a brick and mortar uh, in Little Fork location in Hollywood, uh, which will be opening a little bit later this month on November 17th, so congratulations guys, super exciting. Um, We'll happen to be out there during the opening, so maybe I can come check it out. But without further ado, we have Jay Bartell live in studio. Good to see you.
5: You too, Greg. You look Uh, good today.
4: Thanks. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I took it easy this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, Um, In in the big easy. In the big easy. Uh, Yeah, I was down in New Orleans. Go Saints. They just won. They just beat the Giants uh, with a field goal. Well, and a couple other touchdowns, too. But um, Is there football? Yeah, of
5: course. Of course there's football now.
4: Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Oh, my God. I know. I I saw November 1st today and was quite surprised, (sighs) but that's how it goes. Um, Right. I'm still wearing my uh, swimsuit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a good, strong. I mean, it's one of the stronger looks we've had in in yeah. here. Uh, before you started writing music, you were a writer, and I'm curious, you know, um, where you got your inspiration from, and like how that kind of affected your music, right? Um, early on, um, it's interesting to change how you self-identify in your head. So, you no, know,
5: absolutely. How
4: did you, no. you know, what was the self-identification as a writer, and then how did you slowly right. transition to musician?
5: Well, that's such an interesting question. And that really gets at it, too, because there's the activity of writing, which hopefully will... It, that would be the reason you would think that one would do it, right? If you wanted to write, then you would write. But there's also, yeah, the, the identifying aspect, and I think that's how I was socially presented or socially socially known, or and the people I interacted with, it was all around writing. Um, in terms of inspirations and things like that, I... I it was something that I felt kind of given, kind of given to do, and I was interested in the lives of the writers I admired, particularly writers like Robert Creeley and uh, Charles Olson, the Massachusetts-based writers where I'm also from. Um, I liked the I liked what their lives showed as kind of being a not a way out, but more of a way in, like kind of a I thought I, you know, it was a good way to have a chance at, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a way of life that made clear sense to me, which was about engaging with people on a on a on an extremely um, intimate and also very direct level. What type of of writing did you do? Mostly poetry, um, and uh, because I think I especially with poetry I had such an odd kind of use of language which I still don't really even looking back now and reading what things I'd written over you know, 10, 12 years uh, I'm a little puzzled by certain I, I, I wouldn't call call them choices in composition or whatever but what I ended up writing was such an had, had such an odd construction almost like Samuel Beckett type of thing you know without or, or Gertrude Stein these really strange kind of word constructs and i, I don't talk that way and i don't necess- i don't read writing in, uh, in that manner i mostly am interested in kind of a clear na- a clear kind of lyric narrative do you have any sense where the syntax came from i don't i mean, <laughs> I mean other than <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's pretense but maybe you know wanting i was interested in i was interested in in, in in rhythm and in, in the movement of wor- of words
4: mm.
5: as in writing, whereas in reading I'm not I I'm, I'm really I don't respond much to that mode.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: I'm more interested in in a statement. You know, like a Creeley line. You know, for example, like being in love is like going outside to see what kind of day it is. That kind of statement. You know, <laughs> you know. The, I mean, the, you know, there's a <laughs> yeah. there, there's a rhythmic structure to it, yeah. but it still says something. You know? Right uh did you perform your poetry yeah i and uh, this is mostly when i lived in Asheville, north carolina which is 10 12 miles outside of black mountain where a lot of these writers were located teaching in the in the late 50s and um i had a i ran a reading series i had a small magazine um and then uh
4: and what were the performances like? Or um, right. how do you feel like that prepared you for becoming a
5: musician? Well, the thing I admire more than music, or that the, not admire, but perhaps is like aspire to or have an interest in, is stand-up comedy, which I, I absolutely uh, love that model for interaction with a, an audience or with a with a public. So my readings would. Basically, be long interpolations about one thing or another, what was happening that day, and then you'd have these really brief poems, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, basically, talk, just talking, talking with people. Got it. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, I, I think about it now that I'm playing music, and especially in the way that I'm playing now, which is almost like a, a, a melodic way of speaking. You know, I'm, I'm not belting it out. Maybe as as I. As much as I had when I was younger, but uh, I I I try to recall or, or bring back what I experienced when I would be reading or or doing these public other public occasions. You know. Uh,
4: well, why don't we hear a song and then we'll yeah. talk about the <laughs> transition of, Makes from from poetry to
5: musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you gonna play first? Um, I'm gonna play a song called Light Enough. And this is, uh, as yet unreleased, but it will be on an album that's coming out uh, in spring of twenty sixteen.
3: Tonight a bloom balloon. Blew by me on the sidewalk Pushed by the wind Past the lampposts and the trash cans I turned around to watch it go And it was gone Am I light enough to lift? Oh, am I light enough Am I light enough to lift, oh am I light enough? When I was a kid I used to climb to the top crook of a tall pine In the woods, behind the house, late at night Overhead a flock of lights passing by Am I light enough to lift? Oh, am I light enough? Am I light enough to lift? Oh, am I light enough? But I don't want to climb anymore. I don't want to leave. Come down now Oh, I'm ready now I can't calm down I can't calm down I'm ready now To come back to the ground I'm ready now put my weight on a day Oh, help me down now Help me down to the ground Oh, help me down, dear
4: So after uh, doing poetry readings, when did you pick up the guitar? Was it always something in the background?
5: And was, what? Yeah, it was parallel, and down in, down in Asheville it was really where I was introduced to music of the of the of the sort that I now listen to and, and play. And it was through.
4: Who were some of the bands?
5: Um, the big one was definitely uh, Will Oldham. It mm. was, it was a, a very significant discovery for me, and something that I still delight in hearing every day. But how old were you? Uh. Nineteen, twenty. I mean, what was it like to discover, like your guy? It, it was terrific, and I mean, Will Oldham and, and uh, Cap Power, Marion Faithful. Yeah, th- these bands I still love. I mean, it was. It's an odd, an odd fact of of music, right? That you don't really uh, until you until you discover something that you are. are something that you respond to you, you you don't know it exists but once it once it does exist it's, it's
4: yeah it's hard to explain right
5: it's well, like there was a before and there was an yeah. after it's kind of, it's like yeah I mean I didn't know I didn't like the music I, that I was already familiar with until right. I, I I found stuff that I actually did appreciate yeah makes sense so you said they were running parallel yeah music. Uh, so I was kind of just playing and in, and in, Learning to play music and writing music they kind of went together, so when I would learn a new chord or a new, a new chord progression or melody or something I wanted to get inside of something that would especially in, in music that I heard or i would I would write songs and in the process of 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 learning how to play music, mm-hmm. so they always went together rather than say i mean i did I did, I did learn how to basically play the guitar from learning songs that I like to listen to. But I would, in, in learning different chord patterns or different chord structures, I would write songs in order to learn how to play those chord structures and things. So, And when did you start to make the shift to do more? To music. To music. And,
4: no. I mean, do you still perform poetry?
5: No, not, I don't even, I don't, and... I don't even write it, and I—I I was never quite satisfied with it. I couldn't. There's a William Carlos Williams, like off, off, often quoted by Robert Creeley, would say, you know, to get said what, what must get said, and I, I thought mm-hmm. I could do that through poetry, but I never quite felt that satisfaction. I I, most of my friends, I really admired their writing, and I wanted to participate in that way, but I. It's too bad because I put so much time into it. <laughs> And traveling around and writing and writing and writing, and for it kind of to not all not be all that good. And I, I don't mean that in in, in some coy, um, mock self-critical way. I mean I, I'm comfortable saying that it's not all all that terrific. But I enjoy playing music, and I I'll, I can find that I can sp- I'll, I can spend an entire day doing it. it, it, it I've always wanted to. I mean, anybody wants a, a, a purpose or something to give him or herself to, and that's what I feel with music, and I, I don't, I don't question it in that way. And I'm, it, it's such a comfort, and I never felt that with poetry. It was it was a little, um, you know, it, it, it took some kind of effort, right? And yeah. this just seems like an effortless. Yeah.
4: It just kind of pours out.
5: Yeah, and I just I enjoy it. I don't, you know, and I, I'm I, I'm not entirely concerned with what what comes of it in that way. I'm not uncertain about it, right? I don't feel embarrassed playing a song for you, you know. Did I, you feel embarrassed reading poetry? I didn't feel embarrassed reading it, but there was <laughs> there was something about the there's something about the voicing that didn't I, that wasn't quite uh, full.
4: And what were it pe- was
5: inhibited, and I was I. In, after a life of, of inhibition and being held back in one way or another, I just, it's nice to find something that I feel some facility or comfort or, or pride in. You know?
4: And what were people who were, uh, who knew you during that time, um, reaction to you being like, well, no, I play songs.
5: Well, we all play, we, the, especially in Buffalo, which is where I really started to play music in, in Buffalo, New York. I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, everybody was doing a, a few of my friends there anyway were doing both poetry and music you know and not poetry in the sense of you know we're not like wearing uh, uh, what are those neck necktoss called? Not, not ascots but uh, Kirch's? uh, cravat you know oh, okay. <laughs> or you know we
2: weren't re- I only re- knew two things you know what I mean we weren't out. wearing velvet <laughs>
5: jackets you know yeah. it wasn't this sense of you know these are people who live in you know they live in Buffalo you know they're they're these they have families they have their communities of people and there was something about it that was so atypical about the ways that one would imagine a poet or something you know Mm -hmm. it's not you know they weren't there wasn't it it wasn't heavy handed or anything Um, but everybody sang songs and played music and that's kind of what developed out of it Uh, why don't we hear
4: another song okay
5: yeah (laughs) Uh, What do you want to play? This is the most recent song I have. It's a week old. Great. Never heard by anybody. Oh, perfect.
3: In all of the rooms I've lived, I film them. Walls with all the pictures I can find Of faces with you in them somewhere Somewhere in the jawline Somewhere in the find you I find you when you find me. Find you when you find me. I find. a long, long time. We have such a long, long, long time. We have such a long, long time. We are such a long,
4: Great. What's it called?
5: Uh, Ferrier. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, named after the the singer, like uh, Kathleen Ferrier. She's a she uh, classical singer from England. Okay. Yeah.
4: Um, you've done a lot of recording solo and then with groups, yeah. um, and it seems like you can go back and forth pretty easily. How do you decide which material gets what treatment? Or
5: yeah, I wish it was. I wish it was that. Um, I wish it was that formal, but and it, it's more about circumstances. Mm. I would love to be playing with the people I played with in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Parrish, especially, guitar player. He played on the album Loyalty that was uh, just uh, reissued on, on Friday, October 30th.
4: Congratulations.
5: Thank you. I'm really happy about that, especially because of what it shows of the interaction with these musicians. And also Jay Seeger, who's a, a, a musician... Shane Shane Parrish Jay Seeker, and Emily Easterly who all played on the album they all make music on their own I love the what they what they produced and what they contributed to the music as much as I love spending time with them and uh, I'd be so happy to be to have those other elements in the music you know I like to sing and, and a lot of these songs I've been playing are, were written on on this guitar kind of for this format just because of the circumstances of my life here which is you know as anybody relatively small room yeah <laughs> need to kind of keep it quiet have <laughs> um, limited time for recording so and why did you or how did you end up in brooklyn in brooklyn yeah um, well i'm from boston and i like living in the northeast i wanted to come back after living in the south for 10 12 years but i don't want to live didn't want to live in massachusetts as anybody who's from there probably feels too. <laughs> or uh, spent a weekend. There. <laughs> and there I go. There I just, <laughs> I just lost the state. I mean, you know, whatever. It's okay. I don't. Know. They lost us a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go Sox. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I've, I've never. I, I all the reasons aside, I've never felt more comfortable in a place than I've felt living in Greenpoint and i'm not you know i'm not i'm not 20 it's like you know i've lived in a lot of different places and i'm absolutely comfortable here i yeah. i don't know to, it's great yeah, I'm it's there a, too yeah it's a rhythm it's a yeah. it's, it's a rhythm that i appreciate i don't, it makes sense to me uh, i so don't feel alienated no yeah other parts i do but there it's just it's kind of yeah. quiet yeah well i mean yeah anywhere here
4: um so the record uh was reissued uh any gigs coming up or shows where people can, actually, yeah. can come see you? you?
5: Yeah, now that you mention it. Um, I'm playing, uh, the record release show is at Union Pool on Wednesday. Amazing. Uh, uh, I'm playing with June West, who, sings, who actually uh, sings a little bit on the new album. Uh, just a song or two. And, and this guy, Will Stratton, who lives uh, in upstate New York, who I met through a mutual friend. But um, yeah, it should be a fun night. Great. Yeah.
4: Um, so where can people get the record, hear it,
5: buy it, follow yeah. you? Find yeah, you? so it's out on Cinderland, Capture Tracks on the music group. A lot of Capture Tracks. Thing. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, that was, I mean, they're in my neighborhood too. That's, yeah. That's, uh, so you can find it at the Capture Tracks store, obviously, but uh, online, and it, I think it's yeah fully distributed, and it's in, on, on record and uh, CD and, and tape. Amazing. And digital. Yeah. You know, Who has
4: tape players? I mean, I love a good tape release, but like, who? Yeah.
5: Who I was talking, I was talking to my friend about that. I was like, I think there are definitely like a thousand people. Yeah, but well, just a thousand. But you know, like, not, yeah. not like thousand. You know, it's like yeah. there are who 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 listen to tapes. Yeah, and they, I, I think that's probably like the run of most tapes. Do you tapes think
4: that except. they have like um, old Walkman and like with spare parts just to <laughs> just like?
5: I like write. I like tapes, but yeah, I mean, I have a tape player, but I. I I just got my old tape player down from when I was visiting North Carolina, but I, I don't know. Darren's uh,
4: car in LA is my parents' yeah. old car, and he has a tape player. And we were just home a few weeks ago. And we found all of our old mix tapes from the nineties. Um, so, like, sweet.
5: Yeah. I still think about tapes that I've had that are that you know they they break down obviously, but they don't break down as much as CDs, for example. No, that's something that I think I could definitely do without, especially yeah. now that. If you're listening to something digitally which Who is cares? which is terrific you yeah know, it's it's so convenient and easy and great but uh I don't know why you would Ah, uh, yeah like I mean... the c d is just <laughs> a very a, a very cumbersome delivery system for digital
4: yeah it feels like material um, right it feels like uh once you rip it if you still have the ability to then you just have like a dead body like you've yeah. taken the soul and <laughs> it's just like you're like oh, okay um, anyway let's uh well, you know you don't feel this <laughs> thing
5: where you're like i gotta listen to it on cd no you know no, no <laughs> one's I, ever no, no one's I, ever said I gotta, that like like i, like, I want to you know I, I care about this music i want to listen to it on cd yeah it was just so it, it was yeah anyway
4: um well thanks for coming i'm happy on
5: that, th- that they put it out on cd yeah thank you thank you thank you mike and, <laughs> and Cinderella. Yeah.
4: um well thanks for coming on the show uh thanks to howling rays uh congratulations again on the brick and mortar um we will be off the next two weeks and then we'll be back with a pre-thanksgiving episode um Jay, what are you going to take us out with?
5: I'm going to take us out with a song called Me and G.
4: Oh, yeah. perfect. Uh, thanks for listening to Snacky Tunes, and here we go.
5: Oh, yeah. Thank you, G. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Greg. And uh, thank you, all you people out there eating dinner.
3: your only life, your only life And someone's coming over tonight Did I stay alone too long for love to find me a home? Did I stay alone too long for love to find me a new home? My only life My only life Someone's coming over tonight I hope you're coming over Did I stay alone too long for love to find me a home? Did I stay alone too long For love to find me a new home For my only life My only life Someone's coming over now I'm coming around, I'm coming around 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 now